Let's talk some product, drink some coffee. Welcome to Product Bean. Can I just say that I'm excited? It's August 12th. It's eight o'clock in the morning. And guys, I'm sitting in my truck. Why are you sitting in your truck, Eric? Well, I had my coffee already. I was feeling pretty inspired by the, the caffeine, let's be real, and wanted to talk to you. So I'm on the mic. I've got the computer out. It's in a pretty quiet neighborhood, so I don't think we'll be hearing too much, but we might. The worst part's going to be if somebody walks by, then i got to be sitting here <laughs> looking in my truck with a microphone in my hand, but it's exciting. But um, let's start with some coffee before we get into some product. You know, this morning, I got to a coffee shop a little early, like 6.30, and they didn't open till 7, little local coffee shop, and I had a decision to make. Do I be the guy that sits here in my truck waiting on the coffee shop to open where they can see me and they're just staring at me? Or do I be the guy that drives away and comes back and, you know, doesn't make the folks, you know, feel uncomfortable? So I drove away. Uh three, four blocks down and just hung out. And then I uh, came back when I opened and had my coffee with a friend and had some chit chat. And now we're good to go. But you know why else today is special? I've got an outline for you guys, an outline. And what does that mean? It means I've got a topic. It means I've got an outcome I want for you folks. Um, and I think what's interesting about this outline is that it's kind of inspiring me to kind of set some table stakes for our conversations moving forward, specifically on this podcast. It's like, Every podcast episode should have an outcome, right? An outcome that I want to achieve for this podcast so that you guys can feel empowered in whatever way. And so I think today's outcome is really going to be striving toward making sure you guys are under, you know, I should say guys and gals, probably should stop saying guys, whatever. But it's really going to be striving toward making sure you understand the pitfalls that people can fall into in product management and more importantly, empower you folks to avoid those pitfalls, those pitfalls that I've experienced firsthand. And so with that, the topic is actually five of the most common pitfalls that product managers can fall into, whether they're early in the career or late in the career, doesn't matter. But so I'm going to walk through those and we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, how we can avoid those together as a, as a team here. I feel like I'm kind of on y'all's team. I want to see everybody succeed. So I'm going to give you the high level of all five of them. And then from there, we'll kind of go into each one. Here we go. Number one, the number one most common pitfall that I see is trying to work backward from a solution. This is very common in startups. We'll, we'll get into those in just a minute. Number two, whenever you take a customer want over any sort of innovation or any high impact items that you as a business have. Number three, mislabeling features as true benefits when they're actually not. Number four, Novelty versus value, <laughs> see, can't even say it, novelty versus value conundrum. It's that big of a deal um, when something's actually a novelty instead of actually value. Um, and number five, this one can be argued about where it ranks, but communication breakdown. No, not the Led Zeppelin song. So we're going to go through those five and we're going to hopefully help some people out about how to avoid these five things. And if you're wondering, like, why am I feeling like I should be able to be talking about this? Well, I've worked at a startup as a product manager. I've worked at a startup as a product manager level two. I'm now a director as a, a director of product at an enterprise company. And so I've fallen into these traps numerous times, <laughs> not just once, folks, numerous. And more importantly, now as I'm a director, I'm trying to help people not fall into those same traps on my team. I don't want them to. Um, I want them to succeed without having to fail the same ways that I failed and 
maybe even be director faster than I was director and learn and everything else that's encapsulated in that. But with that, um, let's dive into number one, trying to work backward from a solution. Oof, this is all too common. You know, a CEO or stakeholder or somebody that you're reporting to on your startup team, maybe even enterprise, but more so on startups where I've experienced this, where they have an idea. They have a great idea, they think, and maybe it is, right? And they're trying to market this idea and push this idea, this solution that's going to solve the problems of the world without actually defining what the problem is. They, you know, I've been on a team, I won't use the product name or the, or the team name or the company name, but I've been on a team in which, you know, we had a great idea across the board. We circulated it with product and nobody pushed back on the CEO's request for this product, myself included. And I was just like, yeah, that actually does sound like a great idea. Let's go do it. And the most common outcome of that is it's a terrible idea and nobody buys it, nobody uses it. And, you know, you get it out to market and you just wasted the past six months of your engineering and product team's effort on building this when they could have been doing something better for the organization. Um, In my experience, that's exactly what happened. You know, we took it out to product, we took it out to, to market, and it did okay. It didn't, you know, do great, but even my... My stakeholders and those that were above me at the time didn't even have the same mindset that I'm now talking about, which is, why are we actually building this? Like, have we validated this? So my feedback there on that topic is really just to think about if somebody, a stakeholder, CEO says, hey, guys, I got a great idea. I got a great idea that's going to solve all of problems. Well, maybe before we do that, maybe hear them out. I'm sure they've got a deck prepared. But then when that CEO or stakeholder's done, you can say, this is awesome. I think this is a great product, but why are we building this? Like, will our customers want it? Have we validated it with our customers? Do we feel like there's actually a need there for our customers to have it? Has a customer actually came to us and said, you know what would be great if we did this? And then when that happens, you shop that around internally and maybe you see if other customers have that problem. And if they do have that problem, maybe that's some fuel that you can use for your flame because all we are as product people are evangelists for our own ideas and we want to solve those problems. And so I think that's one thing we can do is just make sure you really, really front load that discovery as opposed to building something, taking it out and finding out the hard way through discovery after it's already been built if it's something that's of value caveat to that is sometimes you have folks that say, well, our board wants this, our shareholders want this if you're an enterprise company. And I get that. That happens. But at the same time, if you're a product person, maybe you're a director, you have to be in the position to say, why? Does this actually make sense? Is this actually something that is valuable? And be able to push those buttons. And if there's an answer that comes that is proof in the pudding, proof that we've done the discovery, there's data behind it, absolutely let's rock and roll and let's just make sure we're asking for context up front number two whenever you take customer wants over innovation and impact for your business and i can speak to this because i in in my industry in multifamily SaaS, there's a lot of times where we're working with these major property management companies out there that you know have the weight to throw around that says hey if you don't build this for us we will pull the plug on this product and oftentimes it doesn't happen at the jump. That happens because there's an ongoing years, maybe multiple years in the process of someone saying, you promised me this was going to be changed and it didn't. And that's a little bit of what we'll talk about in number five with communication. But I think 
One thing that's interesting is that when you have those customer requests, they can come in and they can feel like they are just shaking up everything. They can feel like they're actually, you know, we've got a product roadmap and we're sticking to it, but then a customer request comes in and it's really just like this shakes everything up and we have to put everything else on the back burner. And that's what you don't want to get into. So how can you, how can you handle that? You actually have a prioritization framework. And that sounds like a sigh. Every time I say prioritization framework, it's oftentimes met with that audible sigh because a lot of folks like, oh, yeah, this is great. We can stick to it for a time being. But when these things come up, how are we actually going to handle it? And the great thing about rice and ice and Moscow and whatever other prioritization frameworks you want to use is they give you a baseline that you can say, all right, internally, we've got we're having this conversation with our operations team where we're saying, all right, we've got a customer request. We need to do it. And we come back to this framework and we say, look, here's everything that we've got prioritized for the given time. Where does it rank on all these things that we want to do? And maybe it's number 15. Maybe it really is number one. But the good news about having that framework in place is that you can have those conversations openly with a data set that backs up why you're currently building something. And whenever you want to interject something in that, stakeholder comes to you and says, we want to build this. You can say, is it more important than one, two, and three on this list that we're doing right now? And it opens that conversation. If the answer is no, you have the ability to go back to that, that customer and say, look, here's what we're doing that's going to help you in these ways. We've got to fix these things before we can do this. And you can, if, and if you tell a customer, hey, it's going to be a quarter, it'll be okay as long as you actually commit to doing it. But I would all, just always recommend whenever you have those customer wants, have a firm foundation, a firm framework that you can come back to and base that decision off of. Number three, whenever you mislabel features as true benefits, what I mean by this is like in product, you'll be working with engineering, you'll be working with design, and they're going to have a great idea, and maybe it really is an idea, maybe it's a vetted product problem that you're trying to solve, maybe it is, but they're going to have this great idea that's maybe super behind the scenes that is really canceling a lot of tech debt, and sometimes you got to do that, but at the same time, it comes back down to that framework of saying, hey... This, this really cool feature, whatever it is, whether it's we're going to put in SSO, we're going to pull in, you know, some sort of transactional data capturing thing that we can actually think about um, and give us more data. Is that what our problems, is that this problem that we need to solve right now? And maybe it is something you want to do. Maybe you can actually allocate another squad, another engineering squad in to like handle some of that. Maybe you're at a large enough organization where they can take that on. But if it's just you at a startup and you've got a handful of engineers, and we're saying, this is something really cool that we want to do, you need to actually come to the table with data and framework to say, this is really cool, and this is something we want to do. But whenever it comes down to it, it isn't the right time, because we've got this framework behind us, and there goes a car, you can probably hear it. This isn't the right time to do it. And that the good news about saying that is you're recognizing that this is something we want to do, you're recognizing to the person that I hear what you're saying, your words just aren't being lost out there in the wind, we're taking that, you document it on a backlog, on Trello, whatever you're using, and you document it and you revisit that weekly or quarterly, however often it is that you're reviewing the backlog refinements, you're saying, this is what we want to do. Is there capacity to think about this? Discovery, is there capacity to think about scoping it? Um, that doesn't mean you have to build it right now, but you could always put in that discovery of, uh, is this something we want to do? 
Number four, we're moving right along, trying to keep it pretty tight for this episode, but number four is novelty versus value conundrum is what I'm calling it. Oof, kind of tying into that mislabeling features piece of it, but like novelty whenever you're creating something versus the true value it's going to bring comes back to that discovery process. If you have a couple customers that ask for something that's really, really cool, maybe you're passionate about it, maybe it ties into what you specifically want to solve, but it isn't actually valuable, maybe just document it. Maybe put it on the backlog. Maybe whenever you have a, a design sprint that you can actually bring to the table, like these are the cool things that we want to do, it can come up. And maybe whenever you're thinking about a future project, it's actually foundational for something that you want to build. But you need to make sure that the value you're creating with that is more than just it looks cool. It's a vanity project. You need to make sure that it is something that's going to drive real value. And we, I think that's, that's probably one that we would actually want to take to a whole new episode because I feel like a lot of times we can get stuck in those number three and number four features as true benefits and novelty versus value. Those are probably two that we can press into specifically. But for the sake of time and for sake of making sure we keep this pretty tight, number five is communication breakdown. And folks, this is one of the most common things that I will see early on product managers struggle with. There's an item, they, they come onto a new company, there's an item on the backlog that they're passionate about and they want to get it out the door. And they want to move it right along. They want to get a win out of the gate. But the problem is you didn't circulate it with everybody else. And what I mean by that, it means that's great that you've got your design, your engineering teams ready to rock on this. Maybe you're working on it. Maybe you communicated on a couple operations calls where you're saying this is what we're working on as a squad. This is what we're doing next. But whenever it comes time to release, it's this great project that maybe it's the first time sales has actually heard of it. And I think if that's the case, you're up a creek already because now you've got a brand new feature, initiative, whatever it is, that sales has never heard of, right? They can't even go out and sell it preemptively, get people excited about it so when it's ready, they can adopt it. Or even worse, maybe you did tell sales, but you forgot to tell support, right? And so you've got this great project that's out there, this feature that's going to solve the world with, you know, maybe it's an email. I don't know. I'm using, trying to come up with something on the spot here. But you've got an email that's going out that's going to tell everybody to check out your new project. You've got marketing and sales behind it. that Everybody's going to adopt it. But then wait a minute. We forgot to tell our support team how to actually support it when they start getting those requests in and if something breaks right? Maybe something breaks and they didn't even know this thing existed. And so now we as a company look like a buffoon because you as a product manager failed to make sure everybody was on the know. And a lot of times this can happen maybe early on in a startup because you're trying to move so scrappy and fast, you forget a couple people and you just, that's okay. That happens. I get it. Make sure it's not a large feature. In an enterprise company, I think it's a little less common because you are indeed getting support on a daily basis, I think kind of feeding you data, you have a little more mature data system. Um, I think that, that that's probably less common, at least in my experience. But in a startup, when you're trying to get something out the door, you've got customers waiting on it, you've been telling customers for however long this is coming, but by the time it's maybe support even knows it's coming, they just don't know when it's coming and you release it on August 12th, but they just been hearing about it. And then August 13th, they get 100 support tickets in. They're like, oh, 
it would have been really nice if we could have prepared our support teams to handle that. And that's just one example of communication breakdown. There's there's obviously communication breakdown at the front end, you know, whenever you're doing discovery. There's communication breakdown in the middle when you're trying to get stakeholders involved. But the best thing you can do is, you know, as you go into those daily stand-ups as a product manager, you're you're outwardly saying the words of like, this is what we're working on. These are any roadblocks with that. That way it sparks that conversation. I think all five of these could really be their own separate, you know, podcast episode. But I do find in my experiences as a PM, as director, as even in my time, you know, many years ago, when I think about the five things, these are really them. These are the top five that I've found. And maybe you're saying they're not in this, this, they're not in this order, but maybe you experience it in some degree you know, let me know. And we can talk about them. We can press into them. We can have a more in-depth episode on these things. But I think these are the five. I hope you liked it. I hope you liked today's episode. Um, Sorry, we didn't talk a lot about coffee. But I mean, hey, I was at a coffee shop bright and shiny. um, And now I'm ready to go. And again, in the truck, I'm curious to see if we heard any noises from cars going by, any birds chirping, because this dynamic microphone is new to the podcast. So we'll see how it sounds. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Please let me know what you guys want to talk about. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks all. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. I love you all.